From Tally to Cali, it's time to wake up. Warchant.com is your ultimate seminal sports source. And this is Wake Up Warchant, presented by Corner Pocket Bar and Grill. One now here's Warchant.com's ass on Hunter Vandy. I'm and getting money. Clark. I'm getting money. All I do is get money. Get money. Get money. Get money. I'm getting money. I'm getting money. Wake up. What is up, everybody? It is Wake Up Warchant, presented by the Corner Pocket Bar and Grill. Coming up on today's show, finally. Mike Norvell gets a contract extension we had anticipated. He is the highest-paid coach in the state of Florida. We'll talk about that and the Renegade Express. Questions about the secondary, wardrobe, all sorts of stuff. The folks want it. We'll give it to them. You folks want a good meal, you want a good time, go over to the Corner Pocket Bar and Grill, presenting sponsor of Wake Up War Chant, cptallybar.com is the website. They're off Appalachia Parkway. Daily lunch specials from 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. Monday through Friday, only $8.99. On Thursdays, cheesesteak sandwich, chicken, or steak. Also, your choice of side dish. Straight fries, curly fries, onion rings, potato salad, broccoli, side salad, tater tots, or freshly cooked potato chips. Also, bingo night over at the Corner Pocket Bar and Grill. Check out the big game as well over at the CP. Warchant.com, Ultimate Semble Sports Source. Thumbs up, subscribe to our YouTube channel if you're listening to us on YouTube. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Hit the one on the right. Five-star rating and review now or maybe at the end of the show after we've earned your patronage. Corey Clark earns it every single time. Showing up, dealing with me, hacking out articles. Not hacking out articles, crafting great articles, mm. columns. Much and, better verb. And raising, uh, rearing the great Brady Clark. We were out there covering right. some baseball the other day. I'm like, man, I can't, can't wait to see Brady. And then, and then Sunday gold someday. That's right. Hey, you know. nobody say a bad word about him. I don't care if he's in an 0 for 35 slump. The kid is trying, and his dad is trying. His dad really wants it for him. Um, what would the yeah, animals, speaking of Brady what you, Clark. What, what do you think the animals would yell if, like, Brady? Like, what, what do you think would be their Brady sort I don't, of I, I don't know. Let's not even uh, – let's not say, manifest that. I think they should do the baby shark theme, but okay. to Brady Clark. Oh, let's see. Winner. That's perfect, right? That's a winner. So uh, Wednesday night, no, sorry, Tuesday night, LeBron's going for the record. Mm. He told me, hey, he needed 36, which isn't a guarantee. LeBron averages whatever he averages, 30, which is still crazy at his age. He's Brady says when he goes to bed at like 9.30 or something, they have to get up, he has to get up at 5.30. Um, he says, well, you wake me up if he gets close. And I'm like, man, no. You, you get on your phone as soon as you wake up in the morning. You can watch the whole thing on your phone on the bus. And then the more I thought about it, as the, as the, as I could tell LeBron was going to break the record, I'm like, you know what? My dad woke me up one time when I was like 12 years old to watch Florida State was playing Oklahoma in basketball. And Oklahoma was like number two in the country. And Florida State was down by 15 at the half, so I went to bed. And then he comes in and, and starts nudging me. Turk, Turk, they're coming back. It's tie game with a minute left. He w- wakes me out of a slumber to go watch Florida State eventually lose um, to Oklahoma 89-87. So anyway, um, I was like, you know what? I'm going to go wake up, Brady. So I did. He, you know, he watched uh, LeBron break the record. We talked about it for like 90 seconds. But then it got me thinking, what was that date that my dad woke me up? It's a long-winded story to tell you that it was the 1987-1988 season. I started going through the box scores of those games. And we don't give Brad Johnson enough credit for being an actual two-sport athlete. Like he started 12 games for that team, which was a tournament team. He played, sometimes he played 30 minutes, 
30, he was at, you know, he averaged, I think, 20 minutes a game, 18 minutes a game, but he started 12 of the games and some of the games he, he was, he was playing 30 to 35 minutes with McLeod and Tony Dawson, uh, XRM's dad, Theron Mays, um, Anthony Polite's dad, Michael Polite, they were all on that team and Brad Johnson was a player, man. Mm. I thought you were going to say it was like the, the 40th anniversary. It was like it was 40 years to the actual day that your father woke you up that you woke no. up Brady. But no. Sorry. No, it was not. Zag. It was just, just – I know, I zagged. Zag. All right, so a little behind the curtain. Uh, Corey and I knocked out the show pretty early yesterday afternoon. Sorry, everybody. Uh, last question that we took on the Randy Gang Express mailbag was from our guy Island Chief who asked, wake up, let's get right to it. You guys don't need my fluff to fill the pillow. That is wake up or chant. Get it? See what he was saying? My curiosity is peaked in that neither an extension or raise has been announced for Norvell. Is it still being discussed? Is the ask by Jimmy Sexton pushing the envelope? Does Sexton think next year he can back the truck up to the vault if we have a great year? Good question. Corey and I talked about it for like 12, 15 minutes. I was surprised. How have they not signed to a contract extension yet? It's crazy, right? Ten wins. And then... After we got done recording, sure enough, they announced the university that they had signed Mike Norvell to a contract extension through the 2029 season. So by our math, that's a three-year extension because he signed a six-year deal when he took the job. It started in 2020. That would have ended, taking him through the end of the 25 season. Last year, they gave him some sort of like weird, non-traditional one-year like verbal agreement extension. So that would have taken him to the end of 26. So in essence, this takes him through 27, 28, and the 29 season. It's an average of $8 million per season. We don't have the particulars on the financials, so we don't know if he's going to be making, you know, seven this year and then nine from here on out, or if it's going to keep him at five and then he's going to end up making $12 million at the end of this whole thing. So as that becomes more known and disclosed, which I'm sure we'll have a uh, Sunshine Law Freedom of Information Act request put in to try to get all the particulars. Uh, we do know, again, through 29, average of $8.05 million per season. We brought Gene Williams on. We did a video, so if you watch this on YouTube, you've seen it. But if you listen to the podcast, uh, we're going to go ahead and insert that in now. Gene, Corey, myself to a lesser degree, talking about the contract extension with Florida State and Mike Norvell. So this, in essence, seems to be a three-year extension. How good do you feel about leaving Florida State in the hands of Mike Norvell up into 2029 now? Well, it looks good. First of all, I'm glad to see that uh, Michael Alford watches this, you know, the show on War Chant TV. Because, Corey, remember, it was about three weeks ago we did a video. Yeah. And we said it's time to do an extension. And I think whether it's you or Jeff came in and we looked at the other – or I, I, gotta, I guess we got to give credit to Ira a little bit. But he's talking about the other in-state coaches and what they were making. And Cristobal makes right about $8 million. We're saying that's probably about the range you need to do to get him, to get him competitive where he needs to be. So I noticed that just a little bit over $8 million they're putting out. And if you go back and look, Cristobal's right at eight. So I think this is so they can say, we now have the highest paid coach in the state resides in Tallahassee. And also when I looked at the last list, I saw the top 10 coaches. Cristobal was number 10. So this would mean... Norvell would push him down out of the top 10, then he would be the number 10th paid, highest paid coach in college football. So, I mean, it's a great move for Florida State. It needed to happen. Thank goodness they got past that hurdle that is uh, Jimmy Sexton. I know that wasn't an easy one, but apparently they were able to come to an agreement. I'm going to be more curious and, and stay tuned to War Chant, and I want your opinion on this, Corey, too, is those buyout provisions. Isn't that what this is all about? We're not surprised at the term or the amount 
the salary, but really what are those buyout provisions going to be? Yeah, because what in the grand scheme of it, Gene, it's awesome that they did it. Uh, I think it's it's important to make him the highest paid coach in the state, state since he won both those games this year and he has the best program in the state right now. But let's say, and I'm not trying to be Debbie Downer here uh, because this is the state of college football now. If he go, if he goes and wins himself a championship in 2023, isn't this contract just getting torn up again? As soon as somebody else makes a run at Mike Norvell and you have to pay the piper to keep to, to keep him here because Notre Dame wants him or AM wants him or LSU or somebody like that wants him. Uh, that that's to, to me, it's not curious. It's just what what do you think the ceiling is for Florida State when it comes to Mike Norvell, Mike Norvell's yearly salary? Like I think right now, personally, and I could be completely wrong. But when you're in the ACC, I feel like you're kind of bumping your head against the ceiling right now at $8 million a year. But I, heck, I probably would have said that 10 years ago with $3 million. So who knows? Aren't we a little jaded, though, by Jimbo? Because every time, it seemed like every year he shopped out there, which seemed unusual. Yes. That's not the norm. Where every time he pushed Florida State, threatening LSU, and they had to bump that salary up constantly. I don't know if it's quite the same. Eight million is very competitive. It's good. Now you say they win a conference. Well, I get it. If they win the conference. Let's say they don't go to the playoffs. I don't know if that's really going to that much. But no, no. I said get, if they win a championship. Oh, a champion, the yep. championship, not the or ACC. One of them. Or one, well, if ACC you get, yeah, if you get to the college football playoffs, let's even say, no, I agree with you in that hypothetical because there's going to be some rich SEC team that's going to fire a coach that's going to throw probably 10 million plus at them. To come there, but I, you know, if you're getting this team into the playoffs after where they were at two years ago, then I think you have to find a way to pay him that money, pay him ten million dollars, right? Well, you can't let him get away at this point. The state of where the program's at, and I think that's why, like you talked about, the buyouts. You know, Jimbo didn't have buyouts. Um, you, you can't. I just hope we have not seen the contract uh, details other than the eight point zero five million, which is the average salary for for this extension. Um, it, you you have to take care of yourself in case something like that happens. You have to make it hard. There has to be belief. Like, look, and I know how the world of sports works and how the world of college football coaching works, but Florida State just tied its entire program to Mike Norvell for the, for the rest of this decade. Did Mike Norvell and Jimmy Sexton do the same for Florida State? Meaning, if Auburn comes and, and Auburn comes calling or A&M comes calling, we're going to make you good. It, we we do not want to leave because if we do, it'll be so expensive for Auburn or it'll be so expensive for us to have to pay you this buyout. That's what I wonder about. Like, what is the yeah. buyout terms on each side? Because other than that, man, I think we all believe in, in Mike Norvell. Uh, he's certainly done a, gr a great job this past year, and they're going to be preseason top 10, top five. He's got this program heading in the right direction. But 2027, 2028, 2029, that's a long time from now. And you might still be on the hook for $8 million for a guy that maybe didn't turn out to be the best coach in the, in America. And I, again, I think he will be, but I just look at it through, well, maybe not the best coach in America, but one of them. I look at it from a cynical point of view of how does Florida State get made whole either if he doesn't work out and isn't great, or he is great and somebody comes and poaches him or wants to poach him. Well, your chip will be whole if, if it doesn't work out. That's yeah. the problem. That, that's the problem. And, and just looking at it, because I don't really know how many coaches out there, guys, do have those provisions where the university was able to win something in negotiations. But looking at it, Lincoln Riley had a buyout uh, if he was going to leave Oklahoma, uh, wherever he was going, that destination would have to then pay the University of Oklahoma a fee. It was four and a half million dollars. I mean, we're talking right. about, again, this in essence, guys, seems to be 
a seven-year deal that's going to be restructured now. That's going to be seven more years. He's making an average of eight, so it's a $56 million contract. In essence, he's kind of started over from scratch on, Gene. But if he were to leave and Corey's uh, sort of uh, hypothetical here and wins a national title, which we I think, I don't know, maybe $56 we'll million would be worth it. Yeah. Even if, if he does leave. And he Alex Atkins, come on up, baby. Come on up, Alex Atkins. <laughs> so. Yeah, I mean, your your chips are all in. I mean, that's a thing. But, yeah. I mean, haven't we seen this in college football? We've seen it at Florida State. It's not that easy to find a good coach. Yeah. I mean, look at Nebraska. How many coaches have they gone through? They just keep – you would think you thought Frost was a hit, and he, he bombed. You found a guy here. He's shown he's doing things the right way. They're building. Everything seems to be going well. It seems like you have your guy. You have to go all in. You can't leave any wiggle room for him to leave. If he ends up bombing the next couple of years, will you eat it? You know, but the alternative is to lose him and then start over. And you could hire the next Willie Taggart again or something. So you, I think they're doing the right thing here. But no, I, I, I had heard that the this, the issue was, of course, what we thought it was with Sexton was FSU obviously wanted a bigger buyout if he were to bolt for somewhere. Where of course Sexton, he's motivated to have the smallest buyout if possible because he loves guys flipping. Because every time he does, he gets this. That guy continues to get paid, and then he gets he gets more and more money on the back end on the, every time they sign a new contract. So I, that's what I've said. I, to me, that's the most important aspect of this thing. What does that buyout look like? But again, I think we're all jaded because of Jimbo that he was constantly looking to flip to either go somewhere else or get more money. I really think Norvell for now is committed. So I think, sure, A and M. Imagine that again if A and M fires Jimbo after the year and they go after Norvell. Can you well, imagine? Just that? hire Jimbo back. <laughs> Just, oh, just and make trade. Aslan happy. Yeah, that's right. Aslan be ecstatic. And look, I, I am. Uh, I love this for the point of view that Florida State, at least in recent years, has been portrayed as this poor school. Doesn't pay its coaches. Has terrible facilities. That had to do something with the aforementioned coach you just mentioned. Um, that that they didn't they didn't play big boy football when it came to salaries. Now they've always had a very high salary structure for assistant coaches. Now, as you said. They have a top 10 coach salary-wise in the country, a guy that's coming off one 10-win season. So they're willing to play. They're willing to play. They're willing to play this game because they have to to compete because this is the lifeblood of college athletics, and it's the lifeblood of the Florida State program. And what I think it says, Gene, is I don't think Michael Alford does this lightly. He doesn't just be like – I don't think he's the type of person that's like, well, Jimmy Sexton says I need to do this or he might be gone in a year. Michael Alford believes wholeheartedly in his head football coach. And I think that's what this that's what this tells us more than anything. If he thought that 2022 was kind of a ah well, you know, you got lucky at Louisville maybe and you barely beat Oklahoma and Florida. And I let me take more of a wait and see approach on this coach before I give him the big money. No, no, no. He completely believes and the power brokers at Florida State completely believe in Mike Norvell, which is a very good thing. And you know, I was I guess I was being a cynic earlier. All in all, I think this is a very good day for Florida State. I think you've locked up what I think is one of the best coaches in the United States, and you've locked them up really – well, we say locked them up. That's in quotes. We'll see how this goes. But you've made the impression of locking him up to recruits, to portal guys, to assistant coaches until the end of the decade. That's a really big, that's a really big statement that Florida State made um, with, with this, not just the financial numbers themselves and the money, but the fact that you went to 2029. That's a really big statement, I think. Isn't this last thing I want to say about this? And this is part of a, a bigger thing here that I think has happened with Florida State Athletics, especially the football team. And that's going all in at this point because yeah. we know the shakeup is coming. 
and Florida State wants to be poised for that position. Corey, to really, by the way, read Corey's stories and video on all the, the massive ratings and YouTube views and stuff Florida State got. So it shows that Florida State is one of the big boys right now in terms of how the networks look at them. And that's the most important aspect, really, that drives the money here. But, I mean, you're going to have to have that coach. You're going to have to have, and I know they're getting ready to drop hundreds of millions of dollars on Doak renovations, expansions, all these luxury suites, that kind of thing. That's coming in the next couple of years. That investment going all in your coach, they broke ground on the practice facility. So, I mean, they're going all in financially. Like you said, this is not a cheap school. They're putting all their chips in. So when those dominoes fall three years, five years from now, Florida State will hopefully be poised to join the super conference, wherever that is. Is there more pressure on Mike Norvell going into 2023 now, Gene, uh, after this extension? Or is there less pressure on him because he knows he has the security? But when you have a Heisman contending quarterback that we think all these pieces returning, you know, if he didn't sign this extension, you would think that if he could parlay a 2023 season with the talent that we think that he has and the culture that he's put in place, he would be able to really kind of cash. I mean, is there more pressure on him to, to perform at a really high level this year and get some level of a championship? Because, I mean, if you sign his extension and you you don't get to Charlotte, um, I don't know if that's like an underwhelming feeling. Has anything changed for you in terms of the way you perceive what needs to happen on the field for Florida State this season after news of an extension has come across? Yeah, I think the combination of the extension, the, the incoming transfer class, all the top 10, maybe even the top five preseason rankings. It's something Mike Norrell's never, not even at Memphis, have, you know, won a lot of games, but they were never top 10, top five type teams expected to maybe be a, a playoff team. So it's a totally new dynamic for Mike Norvell. And now, yeah, he's paid as one of the top 10 coaches in America. That means the team on the field needs to be a top 10 team. So it's a new dynamic for him. I don't know. I don't know how he's going to embrace it. I mean, he's so far, we looked at the end of last season, he embraced success. It didn't seem like they faltered from it. But, yeah, this is a whole new level. I'm, I'm curious, Corey's take, too. Do you, it's going to be different for Mike Norvell, right, going into the season with this being a one of the top 10 paid coaches and having these expectations. Well, the pressure will be less to pay his mortgage. You know, he's he just. I don't think he, he had a he problem could, with that before. He probably either. didn't either way, but now he can, I don't think you can buy a house expensive enough, even him making five million. What he was, he could pay off like that. he could have a drawing and pay off a booster's mortgage every week. Uh, that would be nice. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I don't know if the. I don't think he's driven like that, honestly. I, I don't think if I, maybe there's more pressure externally on him from Florida State fans, like, oh, we're paying you eight yeah. million for this. I don't think Mike Norvell's driven like that. I don't think he's thinking, oh, man, I'm making this. I just got a 60% pay raise. I've got to perform. I, I, I'm letting the, I'm letting everybody down because I'm making $8 million and not $5 million. I think he's he's not wired like that. Um, you know, the, the, that no, the number itself, well, let's be honest, man, it'll probably go up if he keeps winning. I mean, that's just the reality of the sport. He's If, if he's still here in 2029, he will be making more than $8 million a year. That's just because if he's still here, he's had a nice run of things. And eight million dollars, you got to keep pace with everybody else that wants them. So, um, but so I, I don't think that the the bump up and raise will will create the pressure nearly as much as that number by his school's name when the season starts. Mm -hmm. You know that no, that's that's where I think the real pressure yeah. comes from, not not the extra money that's in his bank account. And you feel good though, Corey. I mean, you mentioned that you've you've tied yourself to Mike Norvell until the end of the decade. Obviously, we've seen where where they were at and where they've been now here. Uh, coming off this past season. I mean, it, you talked about you can't bid. You, who are you bidding against? But I don't know who else out there you, you would feel maybe any better about having in your program other than a Nick Saban or a Lincoln Rally. And those guys are not really practical options for you. I mean, how good do you feel about where Florida State is right now and uh, 
tying themselves up to Mike Norvell until the end of this decade. Yeah, I mean, I'm a believer in them. I, you know, personally, just from a, a you know my point of view, uh, a contrarian's point of view, is like, well, you could have waited and done this in December of next year after he gets you to the ACC championship, still gone up to eight million and saved yourself whatever you would end up saving yourself three million dollars. Not not the biggest deal in the world, but I think it. So just from me being kind of a bean counter, I'd have been like, ah, we really got to do this in February. Why don't we wait and let's see how that LSU game goes. We, we still believe in you, coach. Or oh, you don't think he's sitting at 10 and 0 Sexton is already fielding calls from sec schools. Have you sitting at 10 and 0? Yeah, but that's when I think before that, that extension even happens. So then the, the one, the one risk there is that that's when you come back and say, now we'll give you your, we'll get you up yeah. to 8 million. And he but might you lost be your well, leverage. Yeah. You didn't believe in me before that. You didn't believe in me until I went 10 and 0. So you that's where the, later. You were That's where the later. negotiation uh, comes in. And let's, I, I did this on the podcast and an answer that we will now scratch because <laughs> this happened. But I was like, let's not blame it. Let's not make Jimmy Sexton the key point in all this. Like he works for Norvell. So Norvell will be listening to those. You know what I mean? Norvell could shut it all down. Jimmy Sexton's trying to get the most money for himself, but he's also trying to get the most money for his clients. That's how he works. So um, he's just doing his job. Uh, and, and this was a good day for Jimmy Sexton, but it's a great day. It's a great day for Mike Norvell. But yeah, I think that I, I, I believe, I believe in this guy. I think he's, I think he's the real deal. Um, and I think more than anything, it's a good, it's another good headline for your program this off season. I think you got all the transfers, you got the preseason rankings, you get all this talk about um, maybe contending for an ACC championship. Now to all the kids in the, in the portal, all the kids in high school, they they'll see this on the bottom line too. Mike Norvell, Florida State agreed a contract extension. It's just more positive news for a program that's had a whole bunch of positive news the last three months. And hasn't this flipped? I, I meant to shut up, but uh, I thought about you brought something to my mind, Corey. A year ago, the narrative was Mike Norvell might be on the hot seat, and the two other in-state coaches have the new young hot coaches. Right. Now, they both had un horribly underachieving season, especially the folks down in Coral Gables. It looks like the rails are completely coming off down there. So now it's like the stable program with the hot futures, Florida State, where these other two are, you know, dumpster fires right now. So, I mean, this has got, like, to your point, this has got to help recruiting going forward, I would think. Yeah, well, yeah. Yeah, it, it will. Um, you know, I, I don't know how much. I just think it's, again, it's more positive momentum for within the program, yeah. uh, within the state. It's just really positive momentum. I don't know how much it matters to a junior in high school, this contract extension necessarily, but I do think that it matters that the Florida State, the Florida State administration believes so much in their future head coach. You know what I'm saying? I think that's what matters the most. And it's again, it's a really positive day, great day for Mike Norvell, and I think a pretty, pretty darn good day for Florida State fans that this guy seemingly, again, we use it in quotes, is locked up until uh, 2029. Absolutely absurd sort of industry it is, the college football coaching yes. industry. But as you look on your screen, everybody, again, $8 million is a huge, huge number. And that's what Mike Norrell is going to be averaging up until 2029. But look on your screen right there. Listen to the words I'm saying if you're listening to the podcast. Billy Napier is averaging $7.4 million a year. Mario Cristobal is averaging $8 million a year. Um, 8.05 coming off a 10-3 season, beating these guys. Uh, makes you feel all right about $8 million. And of course, this is the uh, the cost of business in this day and age of doing this. Gene, thanks for hopping on and give us a, uh, your great, unique perspective covering Florida State for so many years. Hey, my pleasure, man. Glad this we're, we're happy times right now. Let's soak it in while we can. Amen, brother. It's only a kick. 
a jump, a block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. What's awesome is vitaminenergy.com and getting energy throughout your day, seven hours or more of it, in just a convenient-sized, less-than-two-ounce bottle. Put it in your desk at work. Leave one in the console at the car so you're always ready to go. Vitamin Energy offering a great promotion to our listeners, courtesy of their Florida State alums on staff. VitaminEnergy.com, promo code WARCHAMP, B-O-G-O. That means buy one, get one. In this case, it's buy one, get one free. So try out the maybe the variety pack. You'll get four different varieties of vitamin energy in one package, and then you'll get a free another variety pack of four other mm. varieties that they have over at Vitamin Energy. Still rocking the Sport Plus, Corey. Still getting more than seven hours of energy in my day. B vitamins, natural caffeine, no sugar, blue raspberry, tastes delicious. Electrolytes in it, too, so I'm starting to run like you, Corey. I feel like I'm getting a little bit, a little bit soft in the middle, so we're doing cardio. This is helping mm. my cardio a lot. Oh, there you go. I just thought about it, and I'm a dummy because I left. Uh, I only have one box here. I left all the other mm. ones in Tallahassee. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make, I'm gonna get Brady on it. Ooh. That's when you know I'm behind a product. It's when I get my own son on it. Oh. But as I said, my man has to get up at 5:30 in the morning, and then pr he's practicing till five in the evening or 5:30 in the evening in baseball, and then he has to deal with me until bedtime. He needs some energy. He needs a little spark, a little boost. So uh, yeah, I'm gonna get him on it. I, that's, I don't want to say get him on it. Right. I'm going to introduce him to it. There we go. And watch his life take off. You're going to enhance his life naturally yes. with a natural yep. caffeine and vitamin energy. Vitaminenergy.com. Again, buy one, get one free when you use the promo code. We're chant B-O-G-O. All right, let's get to it. Renegade Express, taking all your questions. We'll do this uh, today and we'll do it tomorrow as well. So that's four shows for you folks in February. Which, mm. oh, we kind of buried a lead. Shout out to Jeff Cameron. Uh, Tom Lang, good get, getting uh, head football coach Mike Norvell on their program. I think it should be up now in full, uh, the interview they got. March 6th, spring football starts, everybody. Mm. Mark it down. So Less than a month away, man, and February is a short month. So what is, is that, like 20, 24 days away from now? Oh, I, I feel like I need to go on vacation. Like, golly, it's back. It's back, man, football. But it's it fun. It's going to be cool. cool. We're, we're covering a good team. We're, like, we're pretty confident about it, too. Like I, Last year, I was like, yeah, they'll probably be better. They went 5-7 and seven last year. Surely they'll improve. But now it's like, all right, man, this is this is cool. We'll go to another Cracker Bowl if at worst. Worst-case scenario, you know? And um, it'll actually be an interesting spring. Like, no, there's no quarterback competition. But there is for number two and number three. Mm -hmm. That will be interesting enough. And then also all the newcomers – how they look, how they play, how they how they adapt. Um, that will, and we're going to get to watch. I assume most of it, if not all of it. Uh, so yeah, that's it's spring practice now at Florida State is a lot more exciting than it was well four years ago. Clearly, for a number of reasons, but most schools around the country, because there are real questions. That you know, they're a good team. We get it, but you know, who's going to step up? Who's who's running with these guys? Who who looks like they've made a leap? And how do the newcomers look? We'll all get to uh, we'll get to see if we're all with our own eyes for a full month. Saw Casey Roddick walking around campus as I was grabbing baseball interviews because I don't just go hang out on campus like a weird, creepy old guy. Everybody promise. Right. Hate saying he looks the part, but you look at that guy you're like, all right, I could see him playing offensive guard and doing well. 
So stoked about that. Okay. Speaking of position battles, let's start off with my truth. Probably the back end of the defense is what we'll all be looking at. My truth says, wake up. Ira posted the article about safeties, which, yes, a series of stories up on wordchant.com, looking back at each position group, assessing what happened last year, and kind of looking ahead to what we perhaps anticipate seeing in the spring. Do any of the guys playing nickel or corner have the skills to move to safety or the want to? Thanks, as always, for the great takes and your great supporters. Well, yeah, well thank you. That'd be us thanking you. You guys are our great supporters. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know, man. After Akeem and Shaim and, like, you hope Travis J finds some magic, it's like, well, eh. I mean, they've got to have somebody back there, though. It can't just be those two guys getting all the reps. Well, so let me we'll... read it. Let me read it out to you. I mean, these are guys listed as defensive back. I'll skip over the guys that we think are, are... – actually, I'll say all of them. You got Akeem. Knowles is not going to play safety. Jarian, right. maybe? Maybe, but they – I mean, he was good at the end of the year, and they liked him in that role. Yeah. But go ahead, yep. Renardo's not moving back. He's... You wouldn't think. No. Duke Cooper – I mean, I don't. Maybe he read. I don't. I don't know. Quindarius okay. Jones, yes. You know, spoiler, Quindarius. I know they talked about receiver. You thought you were playing receiver, but no, they're going to play with safety, man. Uh, Travis J. Azarie. I think. I mean, I, they, I, I I'm think not against I, it, but I thought corner was kind of his home. But yeah. Whatever. Greedy's not playing safety. Uh, Fentrell Cypress didn't come here to play safety. KJ Kirkland, true freshman, probably not ready to, you know, put his nose in there and get involved at that level. Uh, and then you know, Shaheem. That's that's your scholarship, guys. I just I listed right there at um, defensive so they, back. But, but I guess the point is somebody has to be back there. It can't be Brown and Dent and walk-ons getting all the reps in the spring. So I think we'll know pretty early on. Somebody well, will have to J, be switched there. Travis J. Quindarius Jones, that's okay. four scholarship guys. Yeah. Man, that's – Come that's on not now. a lot, but no, know, that's not – that's not – and you're, you're going to want a guy, if Akeem Dent gets banged up, you're going to want a guy that has played a lot of football that you can count on to be back there. It's going to be really interesting uh, what they do with that. More than any other position, I think. What they do with those two, what they do at, at safety. Because, yeah, Jarian Jones could play it. Duke Cooper, you know, he, he couldn't get on the field at the end of the year. Maybe that's something that resurrects his career. I don't want to say that it's in the dumps, but he was, I mean, he was bad as a sophomore he did not look like he belonged on the field most of the season at corner anyway so maybe he goes there maybe you make the move with his REA. he certainly has um you know the frame and the speed and the size you would think to be a good safety but i don't think he came here to play safety um i think he was sold on corner so somebody's gonna have to you you can't you have to imagine that one of the guys that has been locking down one of the corner spots whether it's field boundary or slot one of those guys has to be pushed back there right just yeah, out of right. numbers, I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't know if you feel great about four scholarship guys, but then like, is is a fifth, especially take, when two taking, of them are so unproven. What is is taking Duke Cooper away from cornerback or jarring away from cornerback to play them at safety to cross train? Is that worth jeopardizing their growth at the position they're best at? That you kind of, you know, because you're thinking that jarring is probably going to be involved at cornerback for you. Like, is it? Are you taking, you know, you know, six one hand? More than a half dozen the other, maybe eight in the other. If you put him at both of those positions, rather than letting him just focus solely on what you think he's going to play at the fall, like you kind of probably have to do some of that math in your head. 
which well, I, I think part I of it though is is you know you, you you feel pretty comfortable about your two starters right Cypress and Renardo Green yes. now Renardo Green has played safety but he was a very good cornerback for you last year I, I don't think you move him back I think you're like okay we like that let's yeah. leave that alone so you got Cypress on the other side you've got Azaria Thomas Jarian Jones Greedy Vance uh, Kevin Knowles. There's four guys there. Well, if you're playing the typical, you know, slot corner and two safeties, two of those guys that I just mentioned won't be on the field. Azarie and Knowles or Azarie and Greedy Vance. So maybe you do just to just to say, look, this is your best chance to get on the field. You can try to beat out Fentrell Cypress in Renardo Green. You can try, stay there and try, but your best chances of getting on the field are, are being, are, are, you know, maybe moving positions or at least cross training but you're right do you really want to jeopardize azaria thomas's growth as a corner by um having him cross train at safety half the time where'd you go sam mccall yeah do you did you not see the writing on the wall buddy you might be in line to start this year but who who you know whatever should have bundled it with this one i i think it's vicky vicar sam or vicky r sam i'm gonna go with vicky r sam Wake up, guys. Assuming we pull a safety after spring practice from the portal, how long or difficult do you think it will be for them to come up to speed on Coach Fuller's playbook with only player-led practices and a summer session? I think they'll be fine. I mean, whoever they're yeah. going to get out of the portal, I would assume, has been playing relatively high-level college football for probably at least two seasons at minimum. So I'm not too worried about that. I think they'll the culture is in place to help these guys get up to speed fast. Everyone's holding each other accountable. They're helping each other out. So, I mean, again, when a guy like Travis Jay is being called out by several newcomers as being one of the guys that's helping them out, helping them get acclimated, showing them the ropes, a guy that probably, you know, has really not had nearly any, he hasn't had any success here at Florida State. I'm sure he was thinking he'd probably be getting ready for the NFL draft at this point. The fact that he is on board and, and, rowing in the same direction or on the climb, if you will. Um, I just when you got that going on for you, you just feel like whoever shows up here is gonna is gonna have a good foundation underneath them to get set up and ready. So I'll, yeah, I'll and you got. Uh, I think Shaheen Brown's a good teammate. Uh, Akeem Akeem Dent has been here and playing this position now for a while. Um, I, it shouldn't be that hard to adapt um, to that to that defense if you get here after you know whatever April. But I think the way we just laid it out. Um, it would be very surprising, in my opinion. They, 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 they have to have like Travis Jay's great. It's, he's on the team. Maybe he may, maybe he finally becomes something. But we, we, you can't depend on that. Yeah. So and you can't go into a season with two safeties. Quadarius Jones is a freshman. Right. So you've got two proven guys that have played. You, you need a little bit more than that. Our guy Eric. Formerly from Cincinnati, now Tallahassee. Noel, 43, wake up. Noel, baseball season and softball upon us nearly. If I'm not mistaken, there's been a Noel playing in the Super Bowl for the past 10 Super Bowls or more. I can't fact check that, but I feel like that's probably relatively accurate. He's going to pull for the Eagles because the Chiefs took out his Bengals. So mm. that's where our guy is. Hit the like button. Subscribe to Warchant.com on three. Drink delicious Deluna coffee. As always, go Noles in all sports. Thank you, Eric. Appreciate it, man. Should have bundled this together with the secondary question. Our guy, Sebaxley, Nolback, 55, Corey Aslan, wake up. Corey, I, too, am going on a cruise to the Bahamas late March. Great minds think alike. Mm, okay. Or maybe we're Glens for punishment. No, it's a cruise. You're going to have fun, guys. I'm jealous. I can't wait. Can't wait. Lots of excitement going to football. How can you not be when the pieces have come together and last year's decent team has been improved upon? 
I feel our secondary will be the biggest area of opportunity. Yes, we added Fentrell Cypress, but losing a guy like Jamie hurts. True. Mm. Question, yep. Duke Cooper. Any chance that last year was an aberration, sophomore slump, this year he bounces back to be the guy he was freshman year? The obvious answer is sure he can, but do you know any examples where a player has had a good year, bad year, only to come back with a great third year? You guys are the greatest. If you're not a subscriber to War Chant, what are you doing? Support DeLuna, visit Zaxby's, and the sweetest little joint in Tallahassee, the Corner Pocket Bar and Grill, go Knowles. Corey, do we know anybody that had a good year, bad year, and then came back and bounced back with a great third year? Examples, there have to be. Um, I The one that jumps to mind, though it's probably not fair because there was some injury stuff going on, uh, but Rashad Green was incredible as a freshman, then got hurt, came back as a sophomore, was just kind of okay. Nothing special. I mean, good. Certainly had his moments, uh, Virginia Tech for sure. But then in 13, he became an All-American caliber player. It might have coincided with the quarterback. But still, Rashad Green, those last two years, his sophomore year, was he did not look anything like what he looked like as a junior and a senior. He became one of the best players in the country. Um, so he's, I guess, an example. I'm trying to think of a cornerback or like a DB. Again, there's got to be examples. They're just not coming right to mind. Oh, you know who's another one? Kind of friend of the show? Um, Kirk Carruthers. Um, in 89 was incredible. His first year, I think it was his first year starting. He had the game against Miami where he was that national player of the week. He led him in tackles. He had a great 89 season. Was just kind of pretty good in 90. And then came back in 91 when they were number one in the country and was one of the best players on the field again. So, you know, it's happened. I, I just, I wish I could think of a more recent example, but I'm not great on the spot. I was trying to look up to Marcus Walker's PFF numbers because we all know how great he played in 16, but I don't know if like he had a really solid 14 and then like tapered no. off in 15, but I feel like it was always no, a he didn't. gradual he did sort of. Uh, yeah. It was. It was. He became a monster. He, he, he played in 13, was not good. I mean, I guess, what about Brian Burns? Like, remember he had like 10 sacks as a freshman, but he right. only played on third down. And then I don't think he did. He wasn't all that great as a sophomore. And then as a junior was unblockable. Good call. Nolboy02, Aslan, Corey, wake up. Recently saw that Nike, we're going to bundle this with another question too. Uh, recently saw that Nike is implementing a rule for the MLB where they can only have four uniforms. I saw a joke where someone said if that was a case for Oregon, or rather if that was a case for college football, Oregon would be screwed. Mm. So if this was a case for college football, what four uniforms would you keep for FSU? Thanks for answering my question. Support FSU Athletics. Baseball season's coming up soon. Let's go, Link. Well, um, well the two so traditional like, ones, obviously. Yeah, well, like we're talking about combinations or just overall? Well, I mean, you've got to have the normal home, garnet on top of gold, and then on the road, the white on top of gold, right? Those yes. you, those are traditional. You, you, so it's what are those other two? But is that three? Is that three? Because it's a garnet, top of white, top, and gold pants. So is that three? pieces we're talking about or like four combinations also not to be a jerk about this but if we're going to make fun of oregon for having all these different things listen oregon's on a different level like what are we then because we've got black and we've got icy whites like we're not alabama we're not penn state we're not michigan we're not ohio well i would say it where it's black every now and then i think bad yeah. example maybe but like yeah. not to say we're living a glass house on this question everybody but yeah oregon would be screwed 
But I don't like the fact that I don't know what we're going to wear every week. But some folks love it. They love looking at the tweet every Friday or whatever, Saturday, three hours before kickoff. Like, we're wearing white on top of garnet. Let's go. So at least it gives people some joy. But if we had to go like four overall pieces, obviously you need to have a garnet top, gold bottoms, white bottoms. Oh, man, that's not the question. The question is what four combinations. All right, well, then go, Corey. I did. Well, I, 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 I punted it to you. I All told right. you the two combinations they will definitely have. What are the other two? All right. White on garnet then, and then white on white. I don't like all garnet. Yeah. I'm sorry. That's that's sacrilege. A lot of people love garnet uh, on garnet. Yeah, I, I like, like I, I kind of like garnet because you have to have another home jersey, right? You couldn't wear all whites at home. Um, so would you do garnet on garnet at home and garnet white on, on white. white on the road? I do garnet on white at home. Yeah. If I had to do yeah. an alternate yeah. over garnet yeah. on gold. Yeah, so. uh, yeah I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. I like I like the garnet on garnet, but uh, I, I like that white on white a lot. Uh, maybe it's just because I was at the Punt Ruski. And it always brings me back to being 13. But I, I love that white on white, man. All right. Tom Ortner, if F, this is like an all-time typo. Uh, if FSU opens 4-0, what would you, Giuseppe, think about a blackout for the Virginia Tech game? Or for the Virginia Tech he? This is, the, this is a horribly composed post, Thomas. You're better than this. <laughs> Do better. Uh, but he, what would you, Giuseppe, like an Italian name, like Giuseppe, uh, so I don't obviously think like what would you guys think about mm. a blackout for the Virginia Tech he? Uh, the Virginia Which Tech probably game. means game. Game, I would yeah. Think. yeah. I think it would be a good way to give FSU fans closure for the Willie Taggart regime. I want to be talking about a blackout. I, no, I don't. Blackouts suck. <laughs> they suck. They don't. They don't. They don't add anything. They the Florida State never plays well in them, and you can say it doesn't matter. Sure, okay, it's just a lot of bad memories. Why bring them up? Every year you used to play when Boston College was in Doak, you'd have a stupid blackout and lose. Sometimes in embarrassing fashion. What is the point of it? It's for the Just kids. Just don't do it. It's for the kids. Is it? The, the, do a garnet out, man. Or a gold out. I don't care about a blackout. And, and I'm not against blackouts for other sports. And I'm not really against blackouts in general. It's just you're you're – I get what he's saying. You want closure. But it wasn't just the Willie Taggart blackout. Uh, the blackouts have been awful for Florida State forever. So why even why even uh, dip your toe in that water again? Just take the hint and quit doing it. It's all It always ends up feeling like a funeral. You asked for it, they listen. MyBookie.ag has designed a unique deposit bonus that lets you cash in and cash out quick. Make your first deposit today with the promo code WARCHANT. Wager your deposit amount once, boom, you're eligible to cash out. Pre-game lines, live lines, Super Bowl props, you can bet on everything from the coin toss, length of the national anthem, wardrobe, um, ethnicity of football throwers. Everything's out there on mybookie.ag. You know, the thing is to make the big game as fun as you possibly can make it, right? So, you know, you can bet on who's going to win. They got things like, what about field goals? What about like in the course of the game? There's a one prop. Will either team miss a field goal attempt? No is minus 181. So they're all going to go, you know. They're going to just nail all their field goals. Yes is plus 146. So, like, you get – you're in the money. Like, you're making more than one-to-one -one exchange rate on that if somebody, anybody, misses a field goal attempt. What about if it actually hits the crossbar or the upright? That's even more difficult. But it's there. Like, these, these possibilities, these propositions, these props are all there to make your betting experience when it comes to the big game on Sunday that much more exciting and fun. Check it out over at MyBookie.com. 
WarChant.ag, promo code WarChant. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with my bookie. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Mac Factor Knowles, 16. He's got a strong avatar. Looks like he's like in the middle of some sort of like workout. Shout out, mm. Mac. Wake up, gentlemen. Thanks to a vacation my wife scheduled, I might have the opportunity to see my first game in Doak Campbell Stadium. Which game do you think would be a better first experience? October 7th, Virginia Tech. October 14th, Syracuse. That's the beauty. You got the whole month. So you can, oh, uh... Mac, that's not fair. God bless your wife, though. Um, like all the seasons of the home schedule. Because it's going to be a good season. I go with Virginia Tech. I still think maybe some point they'll be good. Again. Isn't that? Isn't that? They're basically the same, though. Yeah, I think it's more are. about what what time of day is the game. Mm. But we won't know that until September. Can you wait that at long? At best, at best. Yeah, what? yeah. So I I would say wait as long as you can and see if you can get a night game. That would be more fun. The tailgating's better. Well, that could um, be one of those ACC. That could be one of those ACC primetime games. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. ACC Especially before. if Florida State's four and four and zero. Yeah. You know that they, they probably will be a primetime game. I would think so. Um, I I would wait to see how the season goes. They, right now in February, it's impossible to discern and differentiate between Virginia Tech and Syracuse. They seem to me about to be about the same program. Grumpy BK says no brainer home opener versus Virginia Tech. We don't it play them the off. home opener. What's that? They they won't be the home. Sorry, opener. home they... ACC opener. Oh, I apologize. Okay. We don't play them often, despite them not being good lately. They are a respected ACC program. The home conference opener will have an excited crowd too. One man's opinion. There you go. We give you three. Uh, I'd say Virginia Tech, Mac. Just you know. Okay. All right. There you go. Uh, he's got a question too, Grumpy BK. Uh, if I could click away from what I was clicking on. Um, Aslan figured it out. There we go. Wake up! Can we please ask the administration why they refuse to have the spring game on a weekend when baseball plays at home? This question needs to be answered. I feel like it's been answered and I forget it, which is crazy because it's an important answer. I think it would be such a difference maker for both events, bringing a lot more out-of-town fans to Tallahassee in the football offseason. Correct. I, mm-hmm. I mean, when I was a student, it was still going on, and it was usually Miami, I want to say. It was like usually Miami would come to town and play Florida State in baseball on the same weekend as the Garden and Gold game, and it was really cool. I mean, it was, I think that was like my first really experience watching Florida State baseball in person was going to those, those series 
uh, when they would also play, you know, they'd have the f- spring football game because, like, all right, get me on campus. I'm already on campus. I can walk 50 yards and go catch baseball. I haven't. We don't have anything on the agenda for Corey and I to hang out with Michael Alford anytime soon, but we can ask Ira next time we talk to Michael Alford to, to maybe float it out there. I, I just, listen, there's probably a good reason why they're not doing it. Uh, I, I would like to think that we don't do things recklessly around here at Florida State, right, Corey? But, like, I, I'm having a hard time thinking, like, what that's what that explanation could be. Don't give me – I don't know, parking? I don't know. I think that, parking. Nah, uh, that, that's on. the only rational explanation yeah. is the parking before the game. But they, they've done it before, though, Corey. That's the thing. Like, I know. They, they did it for so many I years. Know. I know. I know. The last time I remember them doing it was Jameis's spring game. Um, I think it was – I know they did it – I think it was the game where he – went crazy as a freshman and everybody's like okay well there's the quarterback and then he went from there and played in the uh, baseball doubleheader against Duke Um, that was so they did have they did do it then Uh, and I'll be honest with you I don't remember that Duke crowd being incredible I don't think a lot of people came for that second game Uh, so maybe that was their proof like look man you just had a kid make an all-time debut at a spring game now he's playing in a baseball game 100 feet away doing a pretty cool thing and none of you guys that always clamor for the spring game to be on the same weekend as a home baseball game, it didn't matter to you at all. None of you, it wasn't It wasn't really well attended. But it was also a doubleheader. So they were playing, I think they started playing when the Garden and Gold game was still going on. Yeah. So, that's, I mean, what are you going to, well, it's just, how can you judge? But that's the last time I remember it happening. But yeah, it would be great. It would be cool. I, I, don't, I don't have a real reason other than uh, parking. But yeah. I mean, come on, man. You're, there's going to be, I, I, I feel like there's a lot of crossover for people that would tailgate for the Garden Gold game and then go to Hauser. Yeah. Or go to Hauser and then go to the whatever. And you're, vice not, versa. Freezing, and you're not freezing them out. Like the people that are going to go watch a baseball Correct. game at Hauser, they're not going to be like, oh, the parking's going to be terrible. I'm not going. I, it's I like, can't imagine. It might, the people that might complain about the parking because they're just FSU baseball fans but don't want to go watch the football team in the whatever $10 game or the free game, however much it costs to get in. That's got to be like nine people that's that you small, would be upsetting. Small overlap in that Venn diagram, right? Yeah, it's like a bare. Yeah, it's baseball exactly. fans, football fans, and then in the middle, like only baseball fans that don't want to attend football. It's like yeah, and then are mad or, or yeah. roll their eyes at football fans at Florida. No, man, they're all cheering for Florida State. They want to go do both. It'd be a cool day for them. So, and I and they do do a pretty good job typically. Uh, not that it's going to matter much, but in these in these next four or five weeks of scheduling basketball games so they don't typically interfere. The Saturday home basketball games right. don't typically interfere with the home baseball games. Yeah. Uh, they, I feel like they try to make a conscious effort to do that with their baseball schedule. So, yeah, I, I don't know. It's a good question. We need to get to the bottom of it. I feel like I asked Meat about this when he was still around, and he, I thought he was going to – I thought I was, I was lobbing him up like a just an absolute, you know – softball of a question and, and just for him to be like oh absolutely but he was I think he was a little bit lukewarm on it but next time we get Link I know he's not technically FSU administration uh, but we'll ask Link see what he says about it so uh, and also as we talk about them scheduling things with basketball uh, basketball games at noon Saturday against Pitt and fan days at one o'clock over at Hauser so you well, can maybe catch the tail end of it just cut out that last part that I said <laughs> xdq004 it's a guy derek he is an omega wake up i truly believe that we have one of the best teams in the country coming into 2023 but i still have a small doubt about if we can run the table we won some close ones that's a good sign 
but I keep coming back to NC State. We lost a game to a team who came from behind to beat us without throwing a pass for most of the second half. Maybe I'm being too hard on us, but that's the kind of game really good teams win. Believe me when I say I drink all of the Kool-Aid coming into the season. I'm hoping after Clemson, I can leave that one behind me. Question, with us having a top skill guy ranked in the top 10 of returning players from pro football focus's numbers on offense, who has the best chance to lead the conference in a statistical category? Support the guys, the collectives, the boosters, sponsors, and go Knowles. Thank you, Derek. Who, good question. That is, who can lead the ACC in a statistical, maybe Johnny touchdown Johnny receptions? Yeah, I think he only had like five. He was really close to a lot more. You know, he could have caught a few more. Um, but, I, you know, I think he could be a double-digit touchdown guy, and that should get you close to the statistical lead. I don't – Jordan's not going to lead in passing yards because of Drake May. Um, and also, they don't throw it a ton here. Um Maybe total touchdowns responsible for Jordan Travis could with rushing and passing. I don't know if that's really even a stat, but that could be something. I don't, and I also don't foresee Trey Benson. Maybe Trey Benson rushing touchdowns, yeah. or, but what? I don't foresee him leading in rushing yards because the it's going to be split. Yeah, well, is that guy from Pitt coming back? Israel uh, Abenikanda. He had fourteen hundred thirty-one yards. He averaged six yards a clip. Trey Sean Ward was sixth. Trey Benson was fourth. Yeah. I mean, Trey averaged more yards per carry than the guy from Pitt. Um, hmm. Well, there you go. That's something. I don't get Jordan. I mean, maybe Jordan just total offense. Let me see here. I, wonder if they have I just guy. think I think Drake May is going to average like 350 yards of passing a game, and so I don't think Travis is going to be near that. I mean, uh, he, won't Drake, be, he won't be able to eclipse that. Drake May had 4,300 yards in the air. Jordan had 3,200. Yeah, so you can't make up that with the rushing. Plus, Drake can Drake may can move a little bit. Um, so yeah, I don't. Uh, I would say Johnny touchdowns, maybe Trey Benson. Uh, you know, if there's some depth issues at running back for this reason or that reason, and he stays healthy the whole time, he could lead in rushing. I guess. Yeah, he could be the feature back. They sort it by reception. No, what do they sort this by? Average yards per game. Receiving is how they judge receiving mm. leaders in this conference. Well, Johnny was eighth. Yeah. So, and I think. And there were a couple games where he had like one catch. Right. There's or, only, only two two guys. Are, uh, Josh Downs, I think, is gone from North Carolina. Yeah. Zay Flowers yep. from Boston College is gone. Yep. Um, so, I think maybe Kea Tom Thompson's left Virginia. Might have exhausted his eligibility. So, he might be like the fifth returning guy. So he The could, kid from Wake, right? He left. Perry. I think he's gone. Is he gone? Yeah. Okay. I think so there's two another. of them are coming back, but I, I think he's uh, he's moving on. He's another. Good question, though. The, the things it that is, we can yeah. talk about now, the things that we can talk yeah. about, like in a in a reality based situation. Uh, it's amazing. All right, so we'll end it right here. This is Aslan again coming in and doing a little post production editing. So uh, this will be the mark where we'll end the show for today. We'll be back tomorrow, taking the rest of the questions on the Renegade Express mailbag. Stay connected to WarChant.com for more reaction. Again, as Florida State and Mike Norvell agree to a contract extension, three-year extension that takes him through the 2029 football season, pays him an average of $8.05 million per season. As details become more uh, apparent out there, we will bring them to you over on WarChant.com. Jeff Cameron Show, 1 to 3 o'clock. Stay connected to WarChant.com. For Corey and Gene, thank you to Gene for hopping on.
Thanks for listening to Wake Up War Champ, presented by the Corner Pocket Bar and Grill.